a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, if you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise from you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. Then the Lord will guide you always and give you plenty even on the parched land. He will renew your strength, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. The ancient ruins shall be rebuilt for your sake, and the foundations from ages past shall raise up, repairer of the breach. They shall call you, restorer of ruined homesteads. If you hold back your foot on the Sabbath from following your own pursuits on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable. If you honor it by not following your ways, seeking your own interests, or speaking with malice, then you shall delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will nourish you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Incline your ear, O Lord, answer me, for I'm afflicted and poor. Keep my life, for I'm devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the sound of my pleading.
but rather in his conversion that he may live. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were at table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes complained to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Verbum Domini in our first reading today from the book of the prophet Isaiah, God reminds us through his prophet that those are blessed who observe or who keep the Sabbath, who keep it holy. God says through Isaiah, if you hold back on the Sabbath from following your own pursuits on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath my delight, if you honor it by not following your ways and seeking your own interests, then you shall delight in the Lord. So if you call the Sabbath my delight, in other words, if we don't see the Sabbath as a sort of restriction or as a loss, in the book of Amos, we hear the Lord addressing his people who are grumbling. They were looking forward to the Sabbath being over so they could get back to work. This is an important reminder because due to the effects of original sin, we can very easily make an idol out of work, right? And we're just constantly going, 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 and we want to see results. But the Sabbath is a holy day, and by observing it, one acknowledges that all human life, all of our work is consecrated to God. It's given to God. Every good thing comes from him. It's keeping him first and foremost. And the apostles, with the authority given to them by Christ himself, transferred the day of rest and worship from Saturday to Sunday. Remember the Lord said to them, he who hears you hears me, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And so from the time of the early church, Christians have called Sunday the Lord's Day and set it apart for the Holy Mass, which has been called from the early church also. It's been referred to as the breaking of the bread, and we hear it referred to that in the New Testament. But Sunday really is a feast of the Holy Trinity. If you think about it, God the Father began the work of creation on the first day of the week. God the Son, who became incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead on Sunday. And God, the Holy Spirit, descended upon the apostles and Our Lady on Pentecost Sunday. So Sunday is certainly a day set apart by God. And God calls us to keep holy the Sabbath, to sanctify it by prayer, by proper rest, and again, the worship of God. 
And just as God rested after six days in the work of creation, we are to follow his, his, his example, right? We're created in the image and likeness of God, that after six days of work that we take time to get proper rest. Our bodies need to rest to restore their energy. We're not angels. We're not pure spirits. And if we keep going, we're going to break down physically. We need that rest, and God knows it. So he gave us a time of rest to be restored, to keep our eyes again on him and on what's most important in life. And that rest, that Sabbath rest that we experience each week, really foreshadows that eternal rest in heaven that God is calling, inviting each of us to experience. So when we truly seek to live out the Lord's day as a day of prayer and rest, we renew our longing for the unending joy and rest with God in heaven. And although sometimes servile work is necessary, sometimes work is necessary on Sundays, um, and the, the, we are certainly, it is lawful to carry out good works and works of charity, works of mercy. But generally, servile work is prohibited. And this is, again, not to restrict us, not to make us miserable, but to safeguard us, to help us, to benefit us. Again, that we might keep our eyes on the Lord. Again, to get that proper rest that we need and to keep our eyes on God because, again, it's so easy to take our eyes off of him and get so distracted by the busyness of our daily lives. In addition to getting rest, we keep the Holy Sabbath, the third commandment, by attending and assisting at Holy Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. In Holy Mass, it's the perfect act of the worship of God given to us by Christ himself. As he is the great high priest and he offered himself as a victim to the Heavenly Father for our redemption, for our salvation. And the offering of that one and perfect sacrifice is renewed at each Holy Mass on the altar. And we are given the opportunity, which is a tremendous blessing and invitation. We are given an opportunity to unite ourselves with him in that one offering, which sanctifies us. Right, so we pray for renewal in our minds and hearts, that we might have a renewed and refreshed view of the Sabbath rest, of the Sunday, the Lord's Day, of that rest, that worship that is owed to God on that day. And that we may not see it, as we heard the people um, in the Old Testament complaining, grumbling, seeing it as a restriction of my freedom, I want to get back to work, that we really enter into that, that we might be renewed and be better able to carry out our work and our responsibilities throughout the week. And in the gospel today, we hear the calling of Levi, or Matthew, as he's also known. Tax collectors were generally despised by the people, and they were considered great sinners because the tax collection system very easily led itself to, lent itself to corruption. It encouraged corruption. And so we can see from this event, the calling of Matthew, that to follow Christ, it's not based on our own merit or the public perception one might have. God chooses whom he wills. And in fact, as our Lord said in today's gospel, I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. And this gives us all hope. The Lord is calling us to conversion constantly, all the time. Pope Benedict XVI once said in a catechesis that he gave on the call of St. Matthew, that those who seem to be the farthest from holiness can even become a model of the acceptance of God's mercy and offer a glimpse of its marvelous effects in their own lives. And another thing to consider, uh, especially in this call of St. Matthew, is the power of God's grace working in one's life. St. Bede, commenting on this call of St. Matthew, said, we shouldn't find it so strange 
that the tax collector immediately forgot his concern for earthly things, that he left everything behind and immediately got up and followed the Lord. That shouldn't surprise us because there's power in Christ's word. There's power in his grace. And he filled the mind of Matthew with his grace at that moment. So Matthew left behind everything and simply got up and followed the Lord. So God's grace and his words are very powerful. And if we're willing to accept his grace and we open our hearts to it, it can have an immediate effect and begin to transform our lives. So we see that. We certainly saw that in the example of Matthew, also when the Lord called the others, particularly uh, Peter and Andrew from their boats, right? Um, that he called them, they left everything behind and followed him. But also we see it in the lives of other saints too. Right? We can see it in the lives, particularly two others that I'll um, quickly, briefly uh, bring to mind is St. Anthony of the Desert and St. Francis of Assisi, the power of Christ's word. Remember, St. Anthony was born in the mid-third century and from a very wealthy Egyptian family. His parents died when he was a young man, and he took care of his sister. He provided for her, but there was something inside that was kind of drawing him. He was inspired by the witness of the apostles and the early saints. And one day, as he walked into a church, he heard the gospel from St. Matthew when our Lord said, if you'd be perfect, go and sell all you possess, give to the poor and come follow me. There was that statement that immediately struck his heart and he immediately went and sold the rest of all he had and he went off into the desert to follow Christ wholeheartedly. Right? So it's the power of the words of Christ. And St. Francis as well, you know, he had been praying in a church before the crucifix and the Lord spoke to him from that crucifix saying, go and repair my church which, as you see, is falling apart. It's that simple word, the command of Christ, that invitation of Christ that he immediately got up. And we know that initially, being trying to be very practical, he immediately thought, okay, I've got to repair physically this church. It's falling into ruin. But he came to understand later through prayer that the Lord was calling him to spiritually reform the church right, by his life of prayer, of simplicity, of humility and penance. Right, by seeking to live a truly holy life that does bring reform, not only to ourselves, but to the entire church. So again, we see the power of God's grace working powerfully and the power of his words. And if anything, too, this call from the gospel and the lives of the saints, it should motivate us to have a deeper love and appreciation for the word of God's sacred scripture, right? that we every day have contact reading the Bible. As we know, it's living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it does have power in our lives. And the church, of course, highly recommends the reading of sacred scripture, you know, as we find our constant nourishment and strength in the word of God. And a final point, and something that we can take from the example of this calling of Levi or St. Matthew, is his promptness, right, in responding to God's call. The Lord simply said, follow me. And again, that moment of grace, he got up and followed him. He was ready at that moment to leave all behind to follow the Lord. We know it's very easy to tell ourselves that tomorrow I'm going to work on my conversion or I'm going to begin to pray more or I'm going to do some act of charity or be more attentive to the needs of others. But why not today? Why not now? St. Matthew's generous and immediate response to God's grace, that's an example to us. It's an invitation to us. The Lord wants each of us, like he wanted Matthew, to leave all behind, anything behind in our lives that's blocking us, anything that's an obstacle to his grace, anything that is preventing us from drawing closer to him. So we pray that with God's grace, 
we might begin again today.